This is Beyond the Bell Tower, where an elite group of North Carolina State University students give us a behind-the-scenes look at their steps to success. These students, who are in the top 10% of the country, are active in student support services at NCSU. These students are low-income and first-generation college students. Nationally, this population has a 10% graduation rate. Here at NC State, these students have a graduation rate of over 90% and go on to become doctors, dentists, accountants, and engineers. They work at Google, Apple, and the NCAA. Some have even earned PhDs at Ivy League colleges. These students go well beyond the bell tower to attain their eminent goals. So today we are talking to Eric Graham. Yeah. Yeah. And Eric's going to tell us a little bit about himself, whatever you think the people need to know. Where are you from? What are you up to? Um, what you doing? I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina, 704. It's better than any other city in North Carolina. Uh, um, I don't know. Judgment uh, call. I mean, you know, it's hard to debate. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, my name is Eric Graham. Going into my fourth year, I was an engineering major. Then I decided to switch. Now I'm trying to get into textiles, technology. Okay. What year are you in school? Like, when did you come to NC State? Uh, I graduated high school in 2014. So, and I came okay. right, you know, that, that next fall. So. Okay. Today, what will be your most significant memory, like NC State memory? Like in 10 years when you come back for alumni weekend. Because uh, you've been here three years? Yeah, three years. yeah. I'm going into my fourth, so three whole years. Yeah. My most significant memory, um, it's been it's been a roller coaster, especially this past two years. Shucks. Now, you want a positive memory? Or? <laughs> we'll start positive. All we right. don't need to make the tears start coming right now. Um, we'll wait till the second 20 minutes. Um, Is there even one of the NC State traditions? I mean, I, I say go to go to a basketball game, basketball football game. So my freshman year, uh, me and my guy Jalen, uh, we went to a football game. I think it was like our first first football. No, yeah, it was our first football game together. He's like my closest friend, and um, he fell asleep at the game, and it was just funny. And what? Yeah, we were going against Florida State. That's back when Jameis Winston was on the team. It was his last season. And uh, they were still, they were, Florida State was doing pretty good, but um, we, and we weren't as good as them. We were decent. But Florida State, I think they were like nine in the nation at the time. They were right, top 10. Right. Um, and then we came in, you know what I mean? We came out hitting them. We was up by like, I think two or three touchdowns at one point. And of course, Florida State came back and beat us in like the fourth quarter. But it was just the, That's the whole exciting game. exciting game, though. Yeah, but Why the game, would he fall asleep? Oh, so the morning before, the morning before, uh, we were up to 6 a.m. talking mm-hmm. to uh, this girl in the lobby. She was a, what you call it, a CA, community assistant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she was a cool so cool girl. She was up doing her shift, and we were just up just doing nothing. And uh, we were just talking to her. And then the next day, we had to be up by, like, 8 to go recycle to get our tickets for the game because we were doing a re-recycle, we recycle program. And then once we got to the game, 
but he was tired. He didn't. He didn't even want to go to the football game. He was just there. To so play did experience. you take pictures and? Embarrass yeah, we took him? pictures. We got uh, we got pictures and videos. That's like the worst NC State fan ever. Yeah, he was like, how do you go to sleep at a football game? You know, but he he did it. So, you know, but that was that was a funny memory. I mean, it's uh, it's probably it's. I've got so many memories. Yeah, we don't want to know about all yeah, of them. Yeah, but I was just trying to pick one that's like suitable yeah. for this. Mhm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people can contact you later. Yeah, about they can. Your <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'll give them my contact info later. <laughs> okay. So right now you are taking summer classes in um, preparation to transfer into textiles. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> what has happened in the last semester? So since fall two thousand fourteen. You came in as an engineering student, mm-hmm. which is one of the most competitive engineering yeah. um, programs in the country. Mm. So um, how was your first two years in engineering? First two years is all about, okay, I came in and I wanted to be a mechanical engineer, right? Mm-hmm. And then I figured out about the CODA system. And, um, you know, you got to be, you have to take your intro engineering courses, you know, your Calc 2s, your chemistries, your physics, things like that. Take all of those, get the highest grades you can, preferably like all A's basically is what they want. A's and B's, but uh, mostly A's. And they want you to be competitive and apply for an engineering discipline. Right. So you're... Um, accepted into the college, but then you have to, to meet standards to get into the specific major. Yeah, okay. and so mechanical engineering was one of the more competitive ones, competitive disciplines to get into. And bottom line was after I took all my intro engineering coder classes, I wasn't competitive enough to get in to mechanical engineering. So I had to figure out, like, what's the next step? What was that experience like? It was... Because I'm assuming, this is the assumption I'm making, is that if you were accepted into NC State, into engineering, you had to have been successful your entire academic career yeah, when up I was, until that point. When I was in high school, I graduated in number three in my class. I had a 3.75 unweighted GPA and a 5.0 weighted GPA. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, so I was in the books in high school. So I'm you know, I'm used to success. Right. Academic success. And uh so to not be competitive to get in that major, I was just like, um, like what do I do? Mm-hmm. You know, I was kinda it was it was stressful. It was like I said, I wasn't used to not getting my way academically. Mm-hmm. Um the classes that I was taking was just hard. I, I was putting in work. Uh, but it was just it was just tough. You know, got in groups Tried to, you know, the group work together. It still wasn't working out the way I wanted it to. So I didn't get into the program that I wanted to get into. So I had to figure out, like, okay, like, which one of these other disciplines can I get into? What's most similar to mechanical engineering? And then I got into biological and agricultural engineering. How is that the same as mechanical? <laughs> it doesn't sound the same, but and it's really not the same. It's different, but, like, they have a lot of mechanical engineering aspects, and you take a lot of the same courses, mm-hmm. and that's why I applied to the program. And I got into mm-hmm. that program, but it's a smaller, less, way less competitive program. Um, so that's why I got in. But the things that you can do 
with that. Are similar to mechanical? Or Some things yeah. are similar, but you can't do as much with that degree as you can with a, with a mechanical engineering degree. You can do anything with a mechanical engineering degree. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was, that's why I was trying to get into it. Um, but it didn't work out. And so in the midst of all of that, there was other struggles that I went to, went through too. Uh-huh. So I somehow still wound up getting an internship, like in between, like switching ma- those yeah. majors. Right. Or, or rather getting denied by one and getting accepted into another. Right. This is not, like, within the same day. This is, like, within a sem- like a semester-long battle, if you will. Semester two, One semester, two semester-long battle, if you will. So in the midst of all that, trying to figure out things about my major, I'm also trying to get a job, you know, kind of trying to get job experience. I'm also being involved. Right. So I somehow got an in- internship, and I Don't got— Don't say somehow. You well, okay, yeah, you're right, you you're got, right, you're like, right. No, because I did, I did work for it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it wasn't like somehow, and it was just like right. lucky. Like, no, nah, I was involved and, in, well, am involved. Um, my GPA was pretty decent at the time. Um, I had I already had work experience on my resume from high school. Um, and then the summer before, I was a camp counselor for minority engineering students. So I was putting in work. Mm-hmm. So it You had good summer. references. Yeah, 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 stuff like that. Good. Yeah, so I got an internship. And I got into the biological and agricultural engineering degree at the same time. So I got on my internship. So you're feeling pretty good about yourself? Yeah, yeah. And I got on an internship. Well, let me go back to the biological part. Okay. So I got into my first biological and agricultural engineering class. I didn't like it. (laughs) It was was bad. So what did you say to yourself that day? Um, well, it wasn't a day. It was a sure. whole semester. Yeah. So what were you telling like, yourself? I was like, I got to figure something out. Like, because I went from one thing to another, and now I don't like this. And, you know, as time, like, this, I'm using up this time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, I got to figure out, like, something kind of fast, you know, because time is not going to wait for me, and I only got so much time here. You know, financially, you know, all that, all this stuff. Right. You know, I'm already on the five-year track, so I, I just got to figure something out because plan A didn't work. Plan B is looking like it's not going to work. Like, Because it's boring, doesn't yeah, apply boring, to you. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the first class I took, it was an intro course, but they used a lot of computer language stuff, and that's one thing I just— don't like it's like programming and computer uh-huh, languages uh-huh. we took matlab in that class and i had took a matlab course before i got into this class and it had matlab aspects and i already knew i hated matlab mm-hmm. and yeah it was i i just couldn't get past that so that so that's a huge then, thing like a mental block like i hate this yeah and it's hard and, so i'm supposed uh, to devote so much time and effort to something that I hate, that I know I'm never going to do. Yeah, You know, exactly. it's like. And then on top of that, so let me refer back to this internship. Mm-hmm. So I'm working with Duke Energy, and I'm working in transmission line engineering, which is basically like working with power lines and, you know, st- all the stuff that generates your electricity and stuff like that. So uh, I'm working with them, but I'm working in project management. So, so that's more business, yeah, kind of than straight engineering, yeah. And stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm still working with engineers, mm-hmm. but my role is as a business role. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I liked my role as a business role 
more than what I saw what the engineers were doing. Right. So all this is going on. I don't like my my biological engineering course and that whole discipline. And then I realized I don't like engineering either. <laughs> oh so that's a lot to handle in two yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, I'm. Because how long had you wanted to be an engineer? I wanted to be an engineer since eighth grade. Right. So for six years, you thought you wanted to be an engineer. Mm-hmm. And then within a semester, summer internship, you realize. I'm not about that life. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I realized I wasn't about that life. <laughs> right. So, it's a lot to handle. Yeah. So I was uh, real, real depressed. Like, it was like. Like the second time I had been depressed like that in my life. So I had been in the year before that. It was because of some social things. I don't know if I can say all that right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can. I don't know. Well, we well can that's have not you the on topic. for another yeah. topic. All right, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, I'm. I was real, like, really, really depressed, and I didn't pass any of my classes that semester because I was just I didn't know what else to do. Like, I, I was like. I was putting in all this effort. These classes were getting harder, and I didn't have interest in them on top of that. Right. So I just— So the depression, do you think, came from, like, not having a plan, or was it the identity? You know, like, again, you would want to be an engineer for six years. You've always been successful, and then slamming your face. You know, you're not being successful, and you don't like it. It was all that. All of that. All that you just said, yeah, a hundred percent of that, yeah, which is why, like, because I'm, a, I'm a and pretty fear tough of what's gonna happen. Exactly. You know, it's yeah, like... that too, all of that. Mm-hmm. I was just in a bad place mentally. I'm a tough person, mentally tough person. Um, but it was just, you know, it's I'm a human at the end of the day, and there's only so much that you can handle, even the mentally toughest people. And you had this plan, and it just kind of got thrown in the trash can. And yeah. then, like, without a you, backup plan, yeah, without a backup plan, yeah. And so you feel like the only way out is to go work at McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, it's nothing. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with McDonald's, but when you're trying to be an engineer, and then you have no backup plan, you know, you you got to go figure something out because you can't just sit around. Mm-hmm. So, I didn't have all the answers and. And I'm an independent person, and the fact that I didn't have all the answers, I was disappointed in myself, and I was fearing for the future, and I was just like, man. So it was, I was pretty down, down bad. Because mm-hmm. you hadn't known that, like, literally, it's like 50 to 75% of most college students transfer majors, change majors any t- anyways. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, so. didn't, I didn't know that until just now. <laughs> Yeah. So it's the majority of students do end up doing something different than what they thought when they came in, Mm. which makes total sense. You're 17. You have no experience with college and you're like, I'm going to be a mechanical engineer. Now you're 22. You know, you've been through college education. You've been through internships, work experience. And now you're like, oh, after all that experience, now I know something different Mm -hmm. so it's like why would a 17 year old with no or limited experience know what they're going to be doing at 25 i mean it just doesn't even make sense i mean some people do Mm -hmm. but the fact that it didn't work out how your young 17 year old mind with no experience thought it was going to work out i mean that's kind of reasonable and on top of on top of all that you know most of those 17 year old going to college students 
have parents or at least one parent that had been to college and know about uh, and or or at least are surrounded by people that have been mm-hmm. to college and know about you know switching careers switching majors um the different possibilities that there are right so that's yeah that's the and me your low income first gen yeah mm-hmm. low income first generation student and so really the reason why I became an engineer well wanted to wanted to become an engineer was in 8th grade I hit like a academic growth spurt so I was an all right student. No, I was actually I was always a pretty good student, but I had like a bad year in my seventh grade year. I was just acting up, and in eighth grade, kind of got stuff together. And one one day I had like we took six classes in, in middle school, and I had five A's and one B. And my teacher, I had several teachers talking to me and stuff like that. Like, oh yeah, he's smart, he's he's bright. And one of my teachers was like, Yeah, you have the potential to do this, you do that. You know, you're pretty good in math and science. You should be an engineer. So I'm just like, all right, bet. I'm going to be an engineer. Yeah. That's basically, like, why yeah. I want to be an engineer. Yeah. And um, I just kind of took it and ran with it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what else to do. Like, mm-hmm. I, just, I wanted to be, you know, I'm a black dude, low-income, first-generation student. You know, I wanted to be a basketball player. I wanted to be a football player. I wanted to run track for a living. I'm 5'8", 150. You can't see me in, like, this recording, but I'm five eight one fifty. Like <laughs> you don't meet those job requirements. Yeah, yeah. Maybe as a track star, but I, I didn't even play sports in high school. Like I did that in middle school. So you know, I was out the door. So I was. I put all my eggs in this engineering basket, which was reputable. I mean, that's not a bad yeah, basket. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's a great basket. For a, right. So you know, and mm-hmm. that's that makes the case even more tough because it's like. Man, this is a great basket to put all your eggs into. This is like the cream with a crop of like what you want for a career, and uh, to kind of have all my eggs crack. Mm-hmm. It's like, man. Well, but I'm gonna I keep didn't... going, but I'm gonna disagree with you on that. Go ahead. Oh, I mean, that was just. I mean, we could. No, I know. I know what you're saying. It's oh, like, okay. yeah, that the basket of like engineering. A teacher saying you're good at these things that will make you a good engineer. So then when you get to college going, Oop, you know, I'm getting all this feedback that I'm not going to be a good engineer, mm-hmm. which was basically grades and then even the material. Mm-hmm. Um, but to say that all your eggs cracked, I would say that because you, ha- you know, got some of the most competitive internships in engineering. I mean, yeah. That's not easy to come by. Yeah. And they kept you hired, right? They kept mm-hmm. you on after your internship yeah, was done. Yeah, so they, they let me work part time throughout the year. So, I mean, that's, you know, whatever path led you to that, where you had a really high-paying job, and then you had a company that liked you so much that they kept you on, which that's a great reference, you know. And Duke mm-hmm. has so many, you know, employment opportunities that it probably wouldn't matter what major you graduated with. There would probably be a job at Duke mm-hmm. for you. So it's like you don't know if that one internship is going to be the thing that, you know— is like all I can think of is projectile, but it's not you know like kind of bounces you or um, is the Kickstarter for you then to get into like your next job, true, whatever that true, may be. True. In. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah I see know. what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah, all my eggs didn't crack, but it felt like it did. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Still got a couple. Of eggs. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. But I think that's hard. Is like yeah, when you come in and that's the only option, mm-hmm. and you weren't 
you didn't come from a family with all different types of careers. Yeah. So like, you didn't you don't have those options. Like yeah, my mom didn't she went to like a like a she got a certificate to be a flight attendant or something like that. It's like she didn't go to a four year university. Mm-hmm. My dad didn't even go to college. He just got his diploma and somehow like he, he, he I don't even talk to him now. Uh and then my everybody on my mom's side, like none of them went to college. Like all her brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, then my dad's side, he has like college educated, um, family f- members. Yeah, but his brothers and sisters, all of them went to college. But I never really talked to them growing up. And when we tried to have a relationship, it just, I don't know, they all live in different places. And we mm-hmm. just, and now I don't even talk to my dad. So by default, I don't talk to them. Right. So kind of just like me mm-hmm. on my own, you know, mm-hmm. which is what I'm used to. Cause I'm like I said I'm an independent person. My mom's that same way. We kind of, uh, kind of grew up learning how to rely on yourself and not anybody else. Well, and I so. hope that's with student support services though. You are able to rely on us. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. when that's you needed to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm here now in this position. Cause you know talking with you coming to your office. You know, when I was, you saw me when I was like mad depressed. Let me like, I guess I'll plug that in. Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> so yeah. So, you know, I was down bad and I was just like, what am I going to do? And, um, you know, I came into your office and you just like, you know, we just sat down and we talked and I was like, I walked in moping, but I walked out like with a, um, with a slight grin, you know, on my face. Like that was a major improvement. I remember that day. Cause I, I, don't know, I had so much on my plate and on my mind. I just talked to you about it, and you gave me hope that it was gonna be all right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you guys have other resources like tutoring and things like that. I actually utilize a tutor um, my sophomore year before getting into biological and agricultural engineering. So there's definitely different resources that you guys have, you know, to help out. But the main thing that helped me out was talking to you, that one-on-one talk, kind of career guidance major twitching major guidance gives me hope that the world isn't ending and you know my gpa mm-hmm. had gotten like really low by that point and you know everything is like based on your gpa nowadays i'm like man i'm this great guy you know with these other things it's just my gpa so i don't know where i'm going with this major but you like helped me out saw my options showed me my options and you showed me that all my eggs weren't correct Mm-hmm. You know, I thought my all my eggs was correct, but you showed me that I had a couple in the corner. <laughs> and so, and um, yeah, yeah. And so, well, I think that's the thing is you can't be as much as we, as much as you're used to relying on yourself, and you've been successful relying on yourself. It doesn't always work that way. Yeah, you know, there's gonna be times where you are going to have to rely on other people and we hope that you know student support services is a safe place for people to rely on and it definitely is if you in the program or think about getting into the program get into the program because if i didn't go i I don't know what i would have done if i didn't come to you and come to trio student student support services like i really don't know what i would have done and i remember when i was like just kind of like down bad and uh, I think you might have sent me an email, and I kind of replied to it. Or maybe I just saw an email and thought to send you. I don't know. But something mm-hmm. like you you gave, like, a notification in my email, email inbox. 
that kind of prompted me to say something to you about it. And that's when, like, stuff changed. So... You should have told me that because now that's going to motivate me more to keep sending more emails. Yeah, but. do that. I mean, do that. Because sometimes, and then I was a busy guy, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, sending all those emails, if you didn't, like, I probably would have forgot to come or not right. have thought to come in. Right. And uh, I don't know what I would have done. I mm-hmm. I remember thinking about transferring. I remember thinking about, like, I thought about everything, dropping out. Like, I knew that wasn't an option. Well, I mean, it was odd, but, you know, right. that's, that's something when that's there, like, you didn't know what else. To yeah, do. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's like, so what do like, I do if yeah. I don't drop out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like, but she helped me realize that there were so much more options than just dropping out of transferring. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Cause what are all the options that you've thought of since then? Um, since we met, yeah, you've gone through majors. Yeah. So why are you, um, picking textiles? Well, I was trying to get into business. And then I got into another business, agricultural business program. I was like, I don't like that. And so I kind of got, uh, I found myself about to seep back down into like that, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do. But, you know, you like having a talk with you one day, you just like, relax, calm down. Like everything's going to be all right. Like just, just relax. And so I relaxed and just kind of like, I don't know. I, one day I was in the library and I just looked at different majors and I went, and somehow found textile technology. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is something that I could be interested in because I was looking at business with supply chain. And uh, textile technology kind of combines, textile technology with a concentration of supply chain kind of combines that business interest, the supply chain part, mm-hmm. and my engineering background with the whole textile technology part. So, and that's the great thing about NC State is that literally, I mean, I don't, you know, out of, you know, almost every college has some form of an engineering degree. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's not like if you can't make it in College of Engineering, then you've got to, you know, become a social worker. Yeah. It's like, no, there's all these other disciplines that you can figure out to see if they're actually a better fit. Mm-hmm. Because as a 17-year-old, how would you have ever known there was a degree in textile technology? I don't know. I mean, right. <laughs> so it's like it'll be interesting, you know, if this does end up being, you know, oh, I love supply chain management. Oh, my God. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you could have you could not have made that choice at 17. No, nah, especially not me. Mm-hmm. Not where I came from and, you know, the stuff that I knew and didn't know. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's the kind of one of the points that I think that's important for people, especially people who have always relied on themselves and been successful at it. And then when you hit the point going, oh, I don't, you know, I don't have what it takes to make this the best decision right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you just stick to it, it's like, no, I'm the only one who, you know, I'm my only resource, then you end up failing. It's the people who go, oh, okay, I'm going to listen to somebody else or I'm going to respond to somebody reaching out to me, mm-hmm. like realizing like you're not the one that knows the most yeah about all things yeah, yeah. so that's what well, scares me is when students are like no it's this way that and i'm like and learning to yeah. trust people yeah. um, oh trust eric yeah that's, that's deep that's big yeah <laughs> i mean like you can't just go to anybody get mm-hmm. advice and then you no. know what i mean like that's another thing my mom always taught me she, she 
basically, I have no trust in nobody. Like, I was in a relationship, but didn't have trust in my girlfriend. And she didn't even do anything that was untrustworthy. Mm-hmm. But I just, yeah, I don't know. I just had a, a, a untrustworthy personality. And then I went through a lot of stuff and learned to trust people. And, um, you know, I had to learn to trust your advice that you gave me. And um, So how do you stuff. do that? Like, how do you figure out who to, to trust and who not to trust? Um, you got to take a chance and see the results. If the results are something that are productive and help you move forward with whatever... So you, you kind know, of give then, a little bit of a chance, test yeah. it out. If it's you like it, yeah. how it ends up, then you keep going. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. And if it's, if it's the opposite, then you just you, know, you cut them off. Um, so um, it's like and calculated risks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, mm-hmm. calculated risk, calculated moves. That's how I live my life. I saw I saw uh, it's kind of going off track, but uh-huh. one one guy I like, and a lot of people don't really like him too much. But Floyd Mayweather, um, despite all, yeah, the, he's kind of controversial. Yeah, despite all the controversies, he's I saw, a boxer. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, the boxer Floyd Mayweather. Despite all the uh, rah rah and controversies that he has going on, you know, you put that aside. But if you look at the work that he puts in with his boxing discipline, his boxing career, I mean, the man is undefeated, and you know, he still has his whole rah rah going on. You would think that that would get in the way of his boxing career and you know but the man's still undefeated so it's like something good has to be going on and i like him because he's a guy he's of similar build he's a black dude comes from humble beginnings i mean he's 5'8 150 as well and so like i don't know i paid attention to him back some time ago and he said every move that he make he makes calculated moves mm-hmm. and i was just like I like the phrase, so the phrases sound cool, sounded cool. Yeah. And then I looked at everything that he does and did. And everything he does and did was with a purpose, and he knows the risks and uh, rewards of every decision that he makes. You know, he's not out here just willy-nilly. You know, he says stuff and did stuff, you know, to promote himself. You know, a lot of people don't like it, but a lot of people still watch him. Mm-hmm. You know, he brings in a... a a, a coin, a big bag, you know, to his fights. He elevated the sport of boxing. Um, you know, one of the biggest names, if not the biggest name in boxing today, and he's still undefeated. You know, he's calculated his moves outside the ring as far as bigging up himself and making as much money as he can, and he calculated his moves inside of the ring by being undefeated. Well, not by being undefeated, but as right. a result, he was undefeated. Right. So... I, you know, I took that and I applied that to my life. Just like, you know, every decision that I make socially, you know, I calculate it. I, you know, okay, I, I can only put this much into somebody. Let me see what I get out of that. You know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, because, I mean, they say it's kind of the most annoying thing is when people just respond, react. Yeah, yeah. And you it's can't like, just, well, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, you, what's your plan? Yeah. Like, what do you stand for? Yeah. And if you're just kind of, like, reacting and yeah. not doing anything... Do you know what I mean? yeah. yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. You can't. You just you just reacting just because yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instead of like, instead of reacting for a purpose or reacting with a purpose, you know, you just reacting just because that's the first thing that came to your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like what a, a an untrained child does. Mm-hmm. 
You know, they don't know any better, so they're just doing whatever. Yeah, and then with the calculation, it's like, yeah, those are, I think that infers, like, it's always changing. Yeah. You know, you're always gauging, always changing. It's like, okay, now I'm here, so now I'm going to, you know, what calculation am I going to make? Okay, now I'm here, now what calculation? Yeah. Rather than the, I'm just going to be a mechanical engineer. Yeah, exactly. That's, there's no calculation in that. Yeah. You know, it's... Because he has to have kind of small steps that lead to the his greater goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can't make one thing about it. I mean, everything in your life can't be calculated. But if you can, but calculate as much as you can, mm-hmm. plan out as much as you can, mm-hmm. do what you can, mm-hmm. uh, make the best out of what you can. And that's what I had to learn. Um, I can't control everything, but I can mm-hmm. control what I can control. Mm-hmm. And whatever happens, happens. You just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, control what you can calculate. And sometimes you miscalculate, and you gotta recalculate after that. Right. You know, so right. you know. But at least you're aware of what you did. Yeah. So rather than going, I can't believe yeah. what happened to me. You know, and it's like, exactly, exactly. And so that's I was at a point where I was just like, I can't believe what happened to me. <laughs> oh my god! Like what? What's going on? And then I was just like, all right, I came and talked to y'all, recuperated. Mm-hmm. You know, now I'm taking steps towards the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. So there's a couple of things that I know that happened in that whole process mm-hmm. is that um, you ended up having to do a retroactive withdrawal. Yeah. So what was your experience with that as much as you feel comfortable sharing. So that like, was crazy. Yeah, so what right. is a retroactive withdrawal? So a retroactive withdrawal is basically if you ever if you ever like had to withdraw from a class or like you a had w. to yeah, yeah, yeah. or you had to like grade exclude a class. What it basically is is having a W for a whole semester of classes. And you have to go through a process to apply for that. Like, you can't just withdraw, 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 withdraw. Like, you have to have had, like, a hardship financially or mentally or something. You have to have something going on in your life. Yeah, like a major yeah. factor yeah. that made it almost impossible for you to succeed. Yeah. Something that contributed. Mm-hmm. That was out of your control. To, yeah, to your academic mm-hmm. failures. So... You know, when I mentioned earlier about the whole, um, you know, being depressed and, you know, I had this job that I was working, but I realized I had to give my money back to my family. Um, It's like I wanted to quit during the year. So I got on a job, realized it was kind of getting in the way of school, kind of really. But, you know, it was something that I felt like was expendable. And I was just like, all right, let me test this out for a little bit and work here. And, you know, after a little bit, make a couple checks and just kind of stop working and focus on school because it's taking up some time. But my mom would call and ask for money because, remember, I come from a low-income household. My mom would call and ask for money a lot. And I would give money, have to give money back because she, like, they ran out of child. Like, my brother just turned 18, so child support checks just stopped coming in. And, like, I had to give money back. And so on top of me being depressed about these difficult courses and not knowing where I was going in life as far as, like, my major, I had to work um, and give money back to my household. So that burden was on me as well. So it was just a lot going on. So you didn't have a lot of choices. Yeah, I didn't have a lot of choices. Or Um, didn't feel like you had choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's better. Yeah. And I was just going through it. And that's and as a result of all of that, 
I didn't pass any of my classes. Like, I took five classes that semester. Mm-hmm. Didn't pass a single one. And my first exam for my status course, I got a 22% on it. Mm. Yeah. Now, why do you think that was the amount? How many hours were you working? Um, So I was working, like, three, three and a half hours a day. Mm-hmm. I'd get up at, like, 6 in the morning, go in there at 7.45, then work to about 10, 10.30 every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then go to class right after that. Mm-hmm. And then after that, try to squeeze in some homework. And then I was also involved, so I had meetings to go to as well, like two or three times a week. So my time was very spread thin. Mm-hmm. I remember the first two weeks of the semester, I pulled two all-nighters. I brought, like, energy drinks to class, like Red Bulls and Fire Energies, just to try to stay awake because I had so much going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just everything just kind of blew up. Like my mind was all over the place. I couldn't focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as much as as much work as I was putting in, I was still spreading myself thin. So right. like I said, I got twenty two on my first statics exam. I took differential equations, and I took the test, and the test had nine questions on it, and I halfway answered two of them, and the rest I kind of guessed on. So I didn't even go back to look at my exam because I knew I had failed that. Mm-hmm. So, like, basically, I answered half of two of those questions and the rest I guessed on. So seven out of nine, I know I got wrong. And then half of two questions, I might have got right. So I had a max possibility of a one out of nine on my exam for that differential equation exam. So I knew I failed that. Um, and then my... That biological engineering course I was telling you guys about. So I passed my first two assignments. Everything after that, I failed. Mm. Um, so I just. It's amazing, like, what, um, like, your emotional state can have an impact on, like, your intellectual ability. Yeah, that's real. That's real. I, I mean, I was... you don't go from an A in math courses to a zero yeah. in one semester. Yeah. That just doesn't happen. And that's why they, they always preach, you know, if you need it, go to the counseling center. If you need help to go talk to somebody, go talk to, you know, student support services because mm-hmm. your mental makeup really does play a big part in that. And I underestimated that. I thought, you know, just push through, just push through. But, nah, like your mental health and taking breaks and things like that and talking to people, Having a support system, all that matters. So now, in hindsight, what do you think you should have done when that started to happen, or did you think there was anything you could have done? Well, yeah, I didn't think that there was anything that I could have mm-hmm. done. I had mm-hmm. the mentality, of, "Oh, I gotta do what I gotta do," mm-hmm. and that's what I felt like I had to do. But looking back now, do you think did you have other choices or not? I mean, yeah, I could have walked in this. This is a support services earlier, mm-hmm. a lot earlier. I probably could have went to talk to my teachers a lot earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have just sought out help a yeah. lot earlier. Yeah, because I think that's the thing is recognizing it's like, yeah, I'm in a 
shitty circumstance right now. I'm going to need help mm-hmm. rather than, well, let me see if I can muscle on through. Let me yeah, see if I can pull yeah, this out. Yeah, if you. And it's like, if you no, know, if you know you're in a shitty situation, just admit, you know. Think, yeah, you can't, you can't muscle through it. Like Yeah, there's some things you can't yeah. <laughs> overcome in the moment. Yeah, so you're the, more of like long-term overcome coming challenges, yeah. Yeah, so the um, retroactive withdrawal, you know, I I feel like I painted my picture of like my plight mm-hmm. that I went through mm-hmm. that affected my academic failures. So I go and I apply to, you know, get a retroactive withdrawal. My first application was denied because your hardships were um, your psychological status of not knowing what you're going to do with your life. You know, fear. Etc. Mm-hmm. And then the financial hardship of having to make sure that your family had a you know stable f- home, food. Yeah. And those were things that you could not have planned for. Yeah. And were, you know, very over like o- very hard to overcome. Yeah. And so I applied to my for my retroactive withdrawal. Went through the counseling center, and the ultimate person that has to uh, approve or deny your retroactive withdrawal is your dean. And um. So he, my dean denied it the first time. I'm like, what? But I can understand why he denied it from his perspective. So I hit him up at the end of the semester because financial aid was knocking on my door. Like, hey, you owe us money because you didn't pass these classes. And I'm like, I ain't got no money to give you. You know what I mean? And so yeah. one of the ways that I could have avoided uh, not paying whatever they had to give me back was by applying for and getting approved for retroactive withdrawal. And he was like, um, no, nah, you're just applying because you need money or for money purposes. Like, you didn't go through, you know, this, this, this. I'm like, I went through it. Like, I lived it. I'm still going through it. But from his, from his perspective, you know, he did see, what, like, the money portion. So we made a deal, and I applied the next semester, and I got the withdrawal. So, mm-hmm. and you, you haven't had to pay any money back to financially. No, I haven't. There was, yeah, yeah there was. They another... tend to be understanding when yeah. it comes to situations like that. They were. Yeah, that's another story too. But long story short, today they were understanding, and uh... yeah, because that's the other piece is that just because you get an email or a letter from financial aid saying you better pay us money or else. That doesn't mean that's their complete attitude or that's the only option yeah. is to pay them in full. Yeah. There's tons of other options. Tons. You just have to contact them and discuss what your options are. Yeah. I thought I was going to have to, I don't know. Yeah, no, those are scary emails. Yeah, it was. You, you owe us five grand. Yeah. It's like. It was, it was six grand. Yeah. You saw my tax return? I love six grand. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. like, geez. Like, long story short, by the grace of God, like, that, I didn't have to pay you a dime back. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. got the email, and I'm just like, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah, so sometimes it just doesn't happen in the way you want to have it happen, or even it's like that whole, even you just look at it like changing major, it goes from like exciting to scary even within the day, mm-hmm. you know? It's exciting, like, oh, I found out that I can do a retroactive withdrawal. Then it goes flailing back to scary when he says, you know, no. And then, you know, and then when financial aid says, no, you don't have to pay it back, so then it's exciting. Mm-hmm. And then 
when then you it's like take... I still need this retroactive withdrawal because my yeah. GPA is still in shambles. Yeah. So. And then it's like, oh, I'm g- glad that I found textiles until in two semesters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, who knows what you'll be thinking. So, you know, it's a, um, what do you call it? Like a ping pong, it's back and forth. Roller coaster. Roller coaster. Roller coaster more accurate. Yeah, roller coaster. So there's some highs and there's some lows. But at the end of the day, you end up back in a stable place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. No, because my thing with you is that you, you know, do so well academically, personally, so responsible, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You're not going to start being, you know, for a lack of a, le- lack of a better term, like a loser. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to start failing. Yeah. You've never failed before when yeah. you should have. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't have gotten as far as you are based upon your circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, and you did. So that means you, you're just going to continue on the same path. Yeah. So... Yeah, I'm not concerned about you. Oh, word. That's, that's, that's what's up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's no, because you haven't given any reason for concern. You know, it's like yeah. even when you were doing stuff that was concerning, you know, uh-huh. like not doing well in classes, you responded well to it. Yeah. You know, you reached out for help as soon as you could, you know, because you just were in the you were in the storm. So when you're in the storm, you can't even see out to where there is help. Mm-hmm. You know, but you were able to. Yeah. You gotta, don't panic. Mm-hmm. Like French Montana said, <laughs> don't panic. <laughs> um, so what else do you think it's important for people to to know, especially, say, um, like for engineering majors who are coming in who aren't meeting the CODA requirements? What's your advice? So... So for engineering majors specifically, like, if you're trying to be an engineer and you don't get into the engineering program, like, when you apply, look for other alternatives because they put the people they want in the engineering program, and it's extremely hard to get in from first-year college. So just look around, and if you're trying to be an engineer, realize that there are other opportunities to still do what you want, your lifestyle that you want to have um, outside of engineering. Now, if you one of those students admitted into the College of Engineering and you apply to CODA, things don't go well. Same thing. Realize that you don't have to be an engineer. You don't have to necessarily be a part of whatever discipline. You just kind of got to make sure that you're doing something you at least like. Mm-hmm. And that's something, you know, that once you get that degree, that it'll fit your lifestyle. I am i don't think your career path or your job should... Um, have so much say so in your life because like like one thing you always told me Sarah is that you change degrees I mean change careers like you know nowadays we change careers like five six you know however many times you just got to kind of make sure that you get, got something that you like to do and that you're able to live whatever lifestyle you want to live outside of your job so if you want a family and you want to live a low-key lifestyle something that can kind of complement that mm-hmm. you know just because you're going to be working till you're 72, probably. Yeah. So, so that's 50 years. Yeah, you're not going to be doing the same job. It's For not 50 this, years. Yeah, it's not the same thing how it was mm-hmm. back in the day. People change careers all the time. So you might have an engineering degree, and then you might end up in sales. Or you might have uh, a management degree, and you might end up, I don't know, doing something else. Like, it, it's just, this stuff's overrated when it comes to, like, oh, this is what I want to do with my life. You got to love what you do. You know, sometimes your love 
don't yield financial benefits. <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes, like that's okay. You know, like yeah, mm-hmm. just yeah, just you can have a job that is lucrative and then do what you love outside the job. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I love the game of basketball, but I'm not an NBA analyst. I don't have the credentials to be one. I I'm not um, a journalist. I'm definitely not a basketball player. So, you know, I, I just got to find out how to, you know, play the game on my own outside my job. You know, make sure, I do, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Make sure I have a job that I can make time to play and watch mm-hmm. basketball and mm-hmm. do other. Now, basketball is not the only love. I got other stuff that I love and passionate about, but it's just an example. Yep, exactly. Because if, if they, they say, do what you love, do what you love, do what you love. Like, I love basketball and I want to be a basketball player, but it is genetically impossible for me to be a basketball player. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it is. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then how people, some people actually love being an engineer, but like most people don't love being an engineer. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like liking the aspects of it. Yeah. So, so like me choosing my career, it's like I like to sit and hang out and chit chat with people, you know? Yeah. That's what I'm doing all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to, you know, figure it out, yeah. too. Because it's like, what do you like to do all day? Do you like to sit around and talk to different people? Then that may be a different career, mm-hmm. you know, or you don't want to talk to anybody, you know, so then <laughs> you find a job where you work from home, yeah. you know, et cetera. Because um, that's the other thing I was going to say is only, it's almost, I think it's almost like only 60% of um, students who are accepted to engineering as incoming freshmen actually graduate with an engineering degree. Mm. And so that doesn't mean that those 40% couldn't make it, we're not smart enough, you know, we're not good enough, you know, any of those reasons. Mm-hmm. It was that probably those 40% found other paths, you yeah. know, that were better fits mm-hmm. for them. Because if, for you to get accepted into the College of Engineering, you have to be smart, dedicated, strong student, etc. Right. All of that. So you don't suddenly come to the campus and you know not be that way yeah. anymore. It's that you're now exposed to all these other majors, career paths. And you're like, oh, actually, I think this is what I want to do. Yeah. And if you know, one thing you got to do is you got to know yourself. And if you see signs early that are like, oh man, I don't think I should be doing this. Listen to those signs because they're gonna be people who've graduated with engineering degrees and then getting a higher education degrees in engineering. And it's like, oh, well, you're going to struggle every day. And then you're going to, there's going to be days where you want to quit and you don't want to be an engineer anymore because it's tough, but you got to stick to it. I mean, that's true for them. But like, if you really know, like, this ain't for me, but they say, you know, this is different working, from having a hard day. Yeah. Like, if, yeah, yeah. There's a difference know? between not being the right fit and having a hard day. Yeah. Yeah. So... Just listen to yourself, and I'm not. I'm not discouraging people from being engineers either. Like, I'm not discouraging engineering. All I'm saying is, you know, if you apply for engineering, you want to be an engineer, but things don't work out early on. Just keep an open mind. Right. That's what I'm right. saying. Right. And then that's a big thing too that you brought up is, like, especially like family pressure. You mm. know, so the family has decided. You know, you're going to be the engineer. Eric, and when you become an engineer, our lives are going to change. Yeah, I mean that's a tough thing to call home and say. Yeah, everybody's oh. going to want you to be an engineer, even people not in your family. So you tell people, "Oh, you're an engineer. Oh, you're smart. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, why would you switch out? Of, you know, like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, everybody's going to tell you be an engineer, except people who, like, have been through and decided to get out. But everybody's going to tell you to be an engineer. So, you know, if you decide to not do it, you have to make the decision that's best for you and know that this is my life, this is not my family's life, this is not my friend's life, this is not people at the grocery store's life, this is not some kid who's looking up to me's life, this is your life, and you have to make decisions that's best for you. So if you want to be an art major, artist, like, do that. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, like, mm-hmm. just keep an open mind. Don't make these decisions based off social pressures. Right. You know, listen to yourself, you know, analyze yourself and be like, okay, what can I, what can I do? What can't I do? What's realistic for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because from a family perspective, when you say you want to be an engineer and then the family is becoming excited, like, mm-hmm. oh, yay, we're glad you want to be an engineer. A lot of that's just coming from being supportive. Yeah. Like, oh, you're excited about something? Okay, so now we're excited about something. And so if you change... It's probably your family's going to again be supportive about you know whatever mm-hmm. you the new thing you want to do. Sometimes they might not be supportive. Okay, what I happened was, with you? Yeah. Yeah, in my situation, I was fortunate enough to have that support, but everybody doesn't. Mm-hmm. But so, have you had a friend or somebody you know go through that? Uh, where they changed their major and their family freaked out? I haven't, no. but if that was the case. I still would suggest that they listen to themselves mm-hmm. because, like, your family's not living your life, mm-hmm. you know? Like, they're not. Mm-hmm. If you want to do something else, do something else. So, but I can't expand too much further on that, yeah. like you said, because I don't have any okay. personal experience or mm-hmm. things people relate to me and mm-hmm. have those experiences. But, mm-hmm. but um, actually, no, my friend, I have a friend, and she, her, yeah, actually, we were just talking about that the other day. She wanted to be, like, a zoology major. She loves animals. But her parents wanted her, like, her parents pushed her to be, like, this moneymaker. Mm-hmm. So she chose engineering, and she's just having success at it. But if she had her way, she would be an engineer. And we talked about that. But, uh, yeah, she ultimately ended up sticking with engineering. But, like I said, she she recommended that, too. She was like, if I could go back and do it again. I think I would be a zoology major. Okay. Anything else, Eric? This is a good talk. We got into trust issues and yeah, we got a depression lot. Yeah. and fear. Man, hit my line, man. Hit me up on Twitter at grams of gold. Like, not grams, like the unit of measurement, but grams isn't like my last name. The graham crackers? Yeah. Is that the? So grams of gold, all lowercase. Hit me up on Twitter, yo. Uh, Instagram. <laughs> EGJR96 so follow me you know if you want to do that go ahead and do that um, I will give you my Snapchat name of my Snapchat kind of more personal but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, again that's trust factors yeah I so mean you, gotta, like, you, look, trust you can't trust everybody <laughs> you know what I mean like I'm trusting I'm trusting y'all with my Twitter and my, my, my Instagram can't trust y'all with the Snapchat you mm-hmm. know not yet you don't mm-hmm. know me yet so healthy boundaries exactly but yeah my name is Eric, like, just, y'all, if y'all got some advice, like, hit me up. Like, I'm here. Mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm, here for y'all. Mm-hmm. You got to help people out in this life. You ain't here just for yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, thank you for that, Eric. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, that's the true testament of, you know, relying on yourself. It's, you don't have to. 
Boom. What? Yep, you don't have to. You can if you want, but you don't have to. TRIO Student Support Services Program and Student Support Services STEM are federally funded college retention and completion programs. These programs focus on academic, personal, and career support for under-resourced undergraduate students. At TRIO SSS and SSS STEM, our goal is helping our students reach their goals. We are currently accepting new students to our program. Apply today. Go to www.ncsu.edu to learn more about Student Support Services at NC State.